Tabernacle Presbyterian Church presents Sunday with Tab. Tabernacle Presbyterian Church, located at 34th and Central in Indianapolis, welcomes you to Sunday with Tab. Today, Pastor John Gable delivers the message entitled, From Silence to Singing, a first-person narrative of Zechariah. We'll also have music from the Sanctuary Choir. So join us now from Tabernacle Presbyterian Church for Sunday with Tab. In this hymn, we hear the words, O love beyond all telling, that led you to embrace in love all loves excelling our lost and fallen race. Friends, as we gather to confess before God, we are reminded that we are confessing to a love beyond all telling, a love excelling, a love that came to save the human race. Let us, with confidence, offer a prayer of confession as it is printed in your bulletin. Most merciful God, you are coming in power to bring all nations under your rule. Yet we confess that even we have not expected your kingdom. We are ashamed to admit that in the hurriedness of our lives, we often crowd you out of our thoughts and plans. Forgive us, Lord, that we spend so much of our time and energy on transient pleasures and fail to find the deeper joy in you, which never passes away. Keep us awake and alert as we wait and watch for the coming of your kingdom. Make us strong in faith so that we may greet you in your coming and joyfully open the door of our lives to your presence within and among us. This we pray together and in the silence of our hearts in Jesus' name. Praise my soul, the King of heaven, to his feet thy tribute bring, ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. Alleluia. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. As you remain standing, would you join with me in affirming our faith using the words of the Confession of 1967? In Jesus Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Jesus Christ is God with man. He is the eternal Son of the Father who became man and lived among us to fulfill the work of reconciliation. He is present in the church by the power of the Holy Spirit to continue and complete his mission. Therefore, the church calls all men and women 
to be reconciled to God and to one another. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Luke's Gospel, the first chapter, reading verses 5 through 7. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was descended from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in their years. This is the word of the Lord. I would imagine not many of you know my story, 
There was even a time when I wasn't able to tell my story for many months. My name is Zechariah, and I am a priest in the order of Abijah, come from the long line, the descendants of the great high priest Aaron. Married to Elizabeth, she also is from the descendant of Aaron. So we, we come from something of a holy tradition, I might say. We live in the hill country over in Judea, and we have a simple life. We are God-fearing, God-loving. We try to live blamelessly before the Lord. The Lord has been very good to us. We've been very blessed in our lives. Save one thing. We never had children. That was something that we deeply wanted. We, we prayed fervently to have children. And so that became a heartbreak for us in life. Uh, particularly so for Elizabeth, perhaps more than me, but that would be understandable. But this is something that we came to accept, that it was just not in the Lord's plan or doing for us to have children. One day, however, something happened that um, both strengthened and tested our faith in remarkable ways. The order of priests that I serve in was called to serve in the temple in Jerusalem to perform the ceremony in the Holy of Holies. And of the order that I serve, I was chosen as the one who would go into the, the inner sanctum to actually say the prayers of the people, to burn the incense there, and then to come out and pronounce the blessing on the people. This is the, the highest honor I could ever imagine in my life. And so on the day of that blessing, uh, the people stayed outside the temple as they would do. I, would, I entered into the Holy of Holies, into that sacred space, and there, as I was about to light the incense to the Lord, an angel appeared to me. Now, all of you who have seen angels before, you'll understand what happened to me, but while I believed in angels, I had never seen one for myself and fully expected that I never would. But there stood this angel, right on the right side of the altar, and I was terrified as you can imagine I would be. I started to bow down before him to, to, to uh, not so much worship him as to give honor to him knowing that this was an angel of the Lord. And again, any of you who have been in the presence of the Holy One in that way or known someone who has, you know the first words that an angel always says, fear not. I thought that was the most ridiculous saying ever. How can you not be afraid when you're in the presence of an angel? But this angel said to me, Zechariah, fear not. And suddenly there was a sense of calm, of peace that came over me. It readied me to hear the message that he would give me. He said, Zechariah, the Lord has heard your prayer. Now, my mind started to run. Okay, which of the many prayers that I've been praying is the Lord listening to? He said, the Lord has heard your prayer, and your wife Elizabeth will conceive and bear a son, and you will name him John. Now, I'll tell you, 
That has been our longest, most fervent, most heartfelt prayer, but we had not prayed that prayer for a long time. We had just come to accept that children were not to be given to us. But now this angel was so convincing in his saying, he went on to say, you will name him John, and he will bring joy to you and joy to many. He will live in the spirit of the Lord even before he is born. He'll never drink wine or strong drink, but he will in the spirit and the power of Elijah turn the hearts of people to the Lord as he will prepare the way of the Lord. As the angel spoke those words, of course I wanted to believe him, but this sounded a little too good to be true. And so I, I said to him, Tell me, how will I know that this comes to pass? Now, I thought that to be a logical question. The angel apparently did not think so. He said, I am Angel Gabriel, one of seven archangels who stand in the presence of the Lord. I've been given to be the messenger to tell you this good news. But because you have not believed me, you will be mute until it comes to pass. And with that, the angel was gone, and I was left standing, speechless, literally speechless. <laughs> I don't know how long I was in the temple, but apparently it was longer than the people thought I should have been in the temple to offer incense and prayers. They were standing waiting and wondering for my delay, and so when I came out, they wanted to know what had happened. They assumed that something had happened to me in there. But when I couldn't speak, they realized that there was something that even I couldn't explain. The days of my service ended at the temple. We returned home to the hill country. And just as the angel had promised, Elizabeth conceived. And we were with child. Imagine that. You can add our names to those of Abraham and Sarah and other octogenarians who suddenly are with child. And I didn't know how Elizabeth would handle that. It turns out she was thrilled. You see, she, she felt as if the disgrace that she had lived her life with had suddenly been lifted from her and that God had finally showed his favor to her. And so we spent those next, oh, weeks and months just wondering, watching, praying. We entered into a time of kind of silent, expectant waiting, wondering what God was doing in our lives, but wondering also what God was doing in the life of this child that she was now carrying. Now, as if all that wasn't strange enough, then one day, we had a visitor to our home, a young woman named Mary. A cousin of Elizabeth's lives over in Nazareth in Galilee, and Mary, too, is pregnant. And we thought our circumstance is strange, hers stranger still. She tells that she also had a visit from the angel Gabriel, who told her that she, among all people, among all women, had been chosen to bear the Messiah by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, Mary's a virgin. She's a young woman. She is engaged to be married to a wonderful man named Joseph. 
But she began to tell this story to family and friends, and no one believed her. And so she came to us, and we believed her. You see, we knew this God who did strange, mysterious, miraculous, unexpected things in our lives. When Mary entered our home, uh, Elizabeth went to greet her. And Elizabeth said that when our child heard Mary's voice, Elizabeth said that the child in her womb leaped for joy. It's almost as if our child recognized her child. And Elizabeth began to laugh, and then she began to sing, and then she started praising God and blessing Mary and blessing the children that they would carry. And Mary joined in that chorus. And these two women, laughing and crying, sang praises. And it was a beautiful moment. It turns out that Mary stayed with us. That was now the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Mary stayed with us until the birth of our child. And that was a blessed time for us as well, particularly for these women. I mean, you can imagine it. Two pregnant women, one too old, the other too young, both the, um, the source of gossip among people. But day after day, I would watch as they would join hands, they would sit, they would visit, they would pray together. It didn't really matter that I couldn't talk. I probably wouldn't have gotten a word in edgewise. But there they were. And together, Mary joined with us in this season that we had of waiting and watching, praying, wondering what these little boys would come to be, knowing that God's hand was on both of them. After our son was born, uh, eight days later, it is our tradition to have a, a celebration in which the child is circumcised, is named, is claimed into the covenant people of God. And so at the time of the celebration, all of our family, all of our friends came to gather with us, and it came time for the announcement of the name. And Elizabeth said, we have decided to name him John. And with that, family and friends said, John, why not Zechariah? Everyone assumed that he would be named after me. John, why John? There's no one in our family named John. Well, I felt so badly for Elizabeth. There was no way I could defend her. There was nothing I could say to help in that instance. And so finally, I grabbed a writing tablet and wrote on the tablet, his name is John. And when I wrote those words, Suddenly, my mouth was open, my tongue was set free, and I shouted out, his name is John. His name is John. And suddenly, I went from silence to singing, and our time of waiting and expectation was over. Or so I thought. You know, over those next couple of weeks, the people in our little village talked a lot about us. Ah, you know how people talk. They talked about me, and they talked about Elizabeth, and now they talked about our son. 
But what I found most interesting is that their gossip wasn't really so much about us as it was about God. They were telling my story. They were telling of how the angel appeared to me in the temple and how Elizabeth conceived unexpectedly and now the birth of our son. And they were asking the questions that we were asking. What is God up to? And what is God going to do with this child? It was a beautiful time for us as this whole community came along us They joined us in our waiting and watching our expectation. One day, I was um, standing over the little cradle that I had made for our son, and I imagine every parent does this. I was just kind of watching him sleep. You know how you do that? And as I looked down on him, suddenly I began to pray for him. And that prayer became what really is a prophecy And I later told some folks about that, and they wrote down the words that I said. So let me read it to you. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of David as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hands of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, that oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. We knew that God's hand was on our child. We just didn't know what that would mean for him. And so Elizabeth and I, through the years, talked a great deal about what God might be doing and what might become of this child. But all along the way, I kept remembering also Mary's child. It turns out she had a son as well. She named him Jesus, which in our language means Jehovah saves. And I began to wonder how these two boys, as they grow, how they would relate to one another, what they would do with and for one another. And as great as I thought and knew that our son would be, there was something that told me that Mary's son was going to be greater still. And so I began praying, and we talked a lot about how these two boys would be together and what ministries they might have in the service of the Lord. As John grew, he, um, he grew in wisdom and strength, really a wisdom beyond his years. And when he came of age, he announced that he needed to leave us. He said, I need to go into the wilderness and there prepare my ministry for the coming of Messiah. 
all of our years of waiting for him, now we sent him off. With our blessing, of course, but we, we didn't fully understand what or why, but we knew that this is what he needed to do. And so he went into the wilderness and our time of waiting started all over again because we didn't hear from John for years. Until one day, we heard that there was one preaching down by the Jordan, out in the wilderness, a man named John. His message was very simple and people were flocking to hear it. His message was, Repent, for the Lord is at hand. Repent for the forgiveness of your sins. Prepare the way of the Lord. It turns out John's time of waiting had finally come to an end as well. Now, many actually thought that John was the promised Messiah. John knew that he was not. He kept saying, I'm not the one. I'm pointing to the one. I'm preparing the way of the one. Much later, years later, Jesus would say of John that among all those born of women, there is none greater than John. I am so glad he said that because I have believed that my whole life. This is what I've always said about him. Well, except for those few short months when I couldn't say anything at all. Friends, this is the gospel telling of the story of the priest Zechariah, his wife Elizabeth, their son John, whom we will come to know as John the Baptist. Luke chapter 1, this is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. You're listening to Sunday with Tab, a production of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church in Indianapolis. We hope you have found inspiration and comfort in today's program. There are many ways to enjoy today's message again. Subscribe to the Tab Podcast on your favorite podcast app or go to tabpres.org, tap on the graphic marked Sermons, and select the sermon you wish to hear. While there, you can also view the entire worship service. We invite you to join us for worship this morning at Tabernacle Presbyterian Church. We're located at the corner of 34th Street and Central Avenue in Indianapolis. At 8 a.m., we have a communion service in the chapel. And at 10 o'clock, a beautiful worship service in the sanctuary. The 10 o'clock service is also live-streamed on our YouTube channel, Tab Indy. For all information on the services and streaming, go to tabpres.org. That's T-A-B-P-R-E-S dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening, and join us next week at the same time for Sunday with Tab. Christmas is a time for tradition, and the best Christmas traditions never change. They bring us closer to our families and loved ones and to our Creator. Join Tabernacle Presbyterian Church for its traditional holiday telecast, Christmas with Tab, airing Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. and Christmas Day at 2 p.m., on WHMB TV 40.1. Hear your favorite Christmas carol sung by the Tabernacle Sanctuary Choir from one of the most beautiful sanctuaries in Indianapolis as we celebrate the birth of the Savior who came to earth on the first Christmas. That's Christmas with Tab, 
Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. and Christmas Day at 2 p.m. on WHMB TV 40.1. Presented by Tabernacle Presbyterian Church, 34th and Central in Indianapolis. We hope you'll join us. And if you can't, you can visit us online at tabpres.org.